Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Well, welcome to Identity Church Sunday morning. Bless you guys. I hope the, uh, the quarantine has not uh, left you scarred emotionally, spiritually, or financially. Um, I just uh, I just want to welcome you to today's service. We're going to do some worship. Uh, Miss Stephanie is going to take us to some worship. Um, I have a I have a pretty good message that I got early this morning um, from the Lord. And just during worship, I want you to prepare your hearts. You know, we're we're, we're going to knock the door on Pentecost Sunday here shortly, and I, I think I have some keys to that transition in the spirit for the nation, for the church, for individuals. It starts with us. You need to say that. It starts with me. You know, we, we keep wanting revival in our churches in the nation, but it starts with us. And so I believe God's given me that. So uh, just uh, let's enter into worship, if you would. Thank you, Stephanie. You are, you are, you are. 
through every blessing, through every promise, through every breath I take. Yes, I believe that you are provider and you are protector. Yes, you are the one I love. I believe through every blessing, through every promise, through every breath I take. I believe you are provider. Yes, you are protector. The way, the truth, the light. Yes, I believe you are the way, the truth, the light. I believe you are. Cause it's a new horizon And I'm set on you And you meet me here today With mercies that are new All my fears and doubts They can all come to Because they can't stay long When I'm here with you it's a new horizon and I'm set on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new oh, all my fears and doubts oh they can all come to because they can't stay long when I believe you are the the truth, the lie, as I believe you are, the way you are, the truth, oh you are, the lie, oh I believe you are, the way, the truth.
do not leave us here alone. Oh, you're never, never alone. Oh, we do not have to fear. We do not have to fear. We do not have to be confused. No, no. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. Oh, because you are the way. And you are the truth. And you are the light. I believe you are the way. The truth. The lie. Yes, I believe it. I believe it. I believe. Oh, I thank you. I believe. Oh, we thank you. We thank. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, I remind my soul. I am yours. I am forever yours. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high, valley low. I sing out, I remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. Oh, I am yours. I am yours for all my days. Jesus, I am yours. I am yours. I am yours for all my days. Jesus, I am yours. Love came down, rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high, valley low. I sing out, I remind my soul, I am yours, I am forever yours. Oh, love came down and rescued me, love came down and set me free, I am yours, I am forever yours. Oh, 
high, valley low. I sing out, I remind my soul, I am yours. I am forever yours. I am yours. I am yours. For all my days, Jesus, I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. All my days, Jesus, I am yours. rescued me love came down and set me free i am yours i am forever yours mountain high or valley low i sing out i remind my soul that i am yours i am forever yours My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands. Thousands, my beloved, is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. Yes, my beloved, is the most beautiful among thousands. Thousands, Thousands, yes, my be. 
among thousands, thousands. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands, thousands. Yeshua.
Thank you, thank you. Thank you for that worship, Stephanie. You know, we've since we've been doing live streaming and the quarantine, we've kind of cut down on our worship. Sometimes you wonder if that's the right thing to do or not. And I definitely want to make the opportunity for you to worship with us, without us, um, in your day-to-day life. Worship is the, the key to intimacy. Intimacy is the key to purpose. And when you find your purpose through your intimacy with him, he gives everything you need to be successful in what he's called us to do. I want to take a few minutes and talk to you about our tithes and offering. We've got multiple ways you can give. Uh, one of the ways that's uh, done well for us is the text giving. You can just text the cell phone number of 386-753-3233. If you text it once, it'll send you a signal. It'll send you to a website to put your credit card information in. Just do it one time. After that, you can hit that same text number and just put in your your dollar amount. If it's 100 or if it's thousand it'll take a thousand too it'll it'll do all that uh, you can give to our website uh, directly you can give on our giving app I want to tell you I, I I'm I'm grateful for the um, faithfulness uh, financially it's it's interesting some of the people have come to the awareness that it takes their giving for the church to survive and I'm seeing people that have not given start giving and so Thank you for that awareness, and thank you for being faithful to the Lord and to us. Um, we will be diligent with your finances. Um, I want to I want to preach this morning, uh, hot off the press. Um, we're just we're just a few weeks away from Pentecost, and uh, um, I've I've started a fast. I feel like the Lord has, has bumped me into starting a fast, and uh, I know it's the Lord bumping me because I'm trying to push back, and He won't let me. But usually when the Lord does that, it's for a reason. And so I start find, you know, pushing God for the reason because I just don't want to fast to fast. I mean, that, that's called a diet if you're just doing that. Uh, I, I want to see the hand of God move. And so I feel like he, he was really bumping me for about eight or ten weeks. I kept telling my wife, telling Susie, hey, I feel like there's a fast coming on. And so uh, in that, um, um, I, I woke up at, this morning at, at like four o'clock and he just, he said, just start reading, you know? And so I've been reading uh, the Passion Translation. And so I just picked one of my favorite uh, chapters, uh, books of the Bible. Uh, Mark is one of my favorite uh, books. And uh, I just started reading chapter one of Mark. And I realized it fits exactly where we're at. Um. How many have heard the terminology, you know, uh, we're not going to go back to a new, you know, to the same normal. It's not going to be the same. The normal is going to be changed. It's, we, we, we've crossed an epic season in the body of Christ. And what does that mean? It means I got a friend in New York who the, uh, the governor of New York is putting all these mandates and all these accusations. If you do this, we're going to find you. If we do this, we're going to find this. And so they talk to their local sheriff and said, listen, you know, we, we don't want to be fined and we don't want to go to jail, but we're feeding 120 people a day. And there's 
collectively doing that. The sheriff says, like, you keep feeding 120 people a day. And if you have a problem, call me. <laughs> you know, try, he said, try to social distance, do, do the best you can. But, but you keep being who you're called to be. So what you're finding is that there is, you know, am, am I saying that, that, that they're in rebellion? No, they're doing the best they can. They're doing what God's called them to do. And they're finding that, that the church, that they're standing up in their church is standing up and the lights just went off. And uh, don't know what that meant. Turn off the lights. There we go. Yeah, he probably sat on the buzzer. Anyway, um, <laughs> but what, what, what we find is, is that the church has got to reinvent itself. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I, this morning when I was praying, I was saying, Lord, you know, there's, there's some people that are hurting financially. You know what I heard him say? Tell them to ask me. Maybe they can start a business. I'm like, whoa. You know, there's some creativity in the midst of a crisis. You know, when, when God looks for a man, he allows a crisis to come to find a man that the leadership will emerge. My, my, my oldest son, his, he, that's one of his favorite things. How do you create a leader? Put him in a crisis over their head, and if they're a real leader, the leader will emerge. You know, if you're, a, if you're an entrepreneur but you haven't had your opportunity, being broke might be the season for your opportunity. Not, not getting the stimulus check. Susie and I haven't got our stimulus check right now. And I'm really still eating quite well. Come on. You know, and, and we, we, our, our, our culture's changing. I don't want to go back to the old. I don't want the old time revival. I, I want the new time revival. I want what God says that we're supposed to have the fullness of that. But in the midst of this transition, you go into Mark <clears throat> chapter uh, 1, and I'm just, I'm just going to read and share with you what I got this morning. I'm, I've got, I can do 10 po you know, points in a poem and all that if I need to, but I'm telling you that, that it's just sometimes just read the Scriptures. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, this is the beginning of the wonderful news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It starts with Isaiah the prophet who wrote, Listen, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, uh, of you, and he will prepare your way. Here's my question. Do you Have you tuned in to God enough to know that you may be the messenger he's sending ahead? Have you prepared to be the messenger, or are you looking for one because you think it's about you? Listen, Maybe your neighbors are praying, God, I need this. God, I need that. And God said, I need to send a messenger ahead before I show up. And we need to understand that God sends messengers. He's referring this, a messenger ahead. He's talking about in the Old Testament, many times God sent an angel. This particular case, it was John the Baptist. He is a thunderous voice of one who shouts in the wilderness, Prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord Yahweh, a clear, a clear and straight path inside your hearts for him. John the Baptist was the messenger who appeared in an in, in inhabited, inhabited region, the woods, preaching a baptism of repentance for the complete cancellation of sin. 
a, a steady stream of people came to be dipped into the Jordan River as they publicly confessed their sins. They came from all over southern Israel, including nearly all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now listen, so John was the messenger, and I'm telling you, I believe there's an anointing for, the, for new messengers to, to usher the body into this new normal. And, and, and I believe we're going to find some people that have found um, the heart of God in this, in this quarantine time, in this, this economy downturn, in this political unrest. You find, you're going to find some messengers, and here they're going to look like John. John wore a rough garment made from camel hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and honey of the wilderness. Now, you've got to understand, this is John the Baptist. One of the, one of the um, gospels says that, and, and if you can hear that, he is Elijah. John the Baptist is wearing the same garment that Elijah wore. Okay? He, he, he dressed the part of a crazy prophet. And, and, and you've got you, you, you to understand the symbolicness here is he wore the rough garment made of camel hair and the leather belt around his waist. In other words, he was preaching a gospel of repentance and he was outside of the church structure. He didn't wear the fine robes with the tassels and the, and the flapper tree and all that stuff on the bottom to, you know, th to look good. He didn't look good. He didn't smell good. He didn't act good. And he ate stuff that was weird. Let me tell you why God, God went after John the Baptist and let John the Baptist do this. Because fear, fear was intimidating. The Roman Empire was intimidating the Jews, and they had lost their relationship with God the Father. But now they send John eating locusts. Interesting symbolic that locusts is, is what was an intimidation in the Old Testament. If you go to uh, Joel chapter 1, verse uh, 2 and 4, Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? How many people are going to sit back and tell their grandkids about this coronavirus thing? Oh, man, I got stuck with your grandma for months. Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. What the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten, and what the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten, and what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. This grasshopper, this locust, was, was, was judgment and intimidation. And so... We're shifting from what it was to what it's supposed to be. He shows up with a funky dressed, hairy garment, eating what intimidated the last generation. And I'm telling you, God's going to anoint some John the Baptists. They may be gang members. They may be prostitutes off the street. They're not going to dress like us, look like us, but they may be eating what has kept us in the church. They're going to devour what used to intimidate us. He's eating what the intimidator was. Isn't that good? See, see, he's not, he, he, and he don't even care about it. The, the, the nice garment, 
Just give me some locusts. I'm going to eat what made you shut down. I'm going to eat, you know, I'm going to eat nails and spit fire. But here, here's the other part. So he's eating what intimidated and then honey from the wilderness. What is honey? Um, Psalms 19, 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Making wise the simple, that's me. The, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, returning the sight to the... And the fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. See, that's not fear that intimidates it's fear that honors. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and the righteous altogether. More be desired are they that than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and dripping from the honeycomb. Honey is a, a symbolic of revelation. So you have this crazy man dressed as a, like an Old Testament rough, roughneck prophet, eating what intimidated, what shut down, what made you back off, what made you be quiet, what made you quit sharing the gospel, but then he's eating revelation. He's, he's, he's coming, he's, he's an intimidator killer, but he's a revelation giver. See, he tapped into the honey of God, to the revelation of God. And I'm telling you, this season, the new normal, we're going to find some street preachers that we used to laugh at when we drove by is going to have a bigger crowd than you could in a building. Why? Because they're going to be just weird enough to be attracted. They're going to have enough revelation to be sweet. And they're going to present Jesus Christ the way he's supposed to be presented. Is this good? I'm telling you, this is what it is right here. Mm -hmm. And this is the message he kept preaching. <clears throat> there is a man coming after me who is greater and a lot more powerful than I am. I am not even worthy to bend down and untie the straps of his sandals. I've baptized you unto water but he will baptize you into the spirit, spirit of holiness. Let me tell you something. When, 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 when the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and he baptizes people in the spirit of holiness, listen, they're not going to be the old Quaker Pentecostal bone on their hair and call it holy. They're going to be set aside. They're going to be separated and they're going to give their life wholeheartedly to God. And if God says this habit, I want it. They're going to give it. God says this behavior, I want it. They'll give it. Why? And in return, they'll walk in power. They'll walk in revelation. I'm telling you, it'll be the Pied Piper of Jesus going on. People will start following them to find out what they had, who they got it from, and, and want some honey themselves. One day, Jesus came from Galilee, Galilean village of Nazareth. 
and had John immerse him in the Jordan River. Do you realize Jesus, Jesus was baptized by John. Some people say, well, you know, Jesus didn't need remission of sin. No, Jesus, Jesus went to the revelation of the Spirit from that moment on, publicly. His public display happened. His inner witness, his inner relationship had gotten him to this point. But look what happened. The moment Jesus rose from the water, John saw the heavenly realm split open, and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and rested upon him. Do you know the difference? Um, I'm sure you guys are like me. You've had the Holy Spirit just come on you. The difference is it came on Jesus it never left. So if that happened with Jesus, it can happen with us. We have to find out if we have pigeon anointing or dove anointing. What's the difference between a pigeon and a dove? A pigeon, a pigeon will adapt to its surroundings to continue to get what it wants. A dove makes you to adapt to what it wants. It's single-eyed. A dove is single-eyed. <clears throat> Look at this, um, this first part here. Uh, Jesus came from Galilee, the village of Nazareth. Would you take those two words of uh, Galilee? It's victorious, and the Nazareth is revelation. And if you just say he came from a place of victorious revelation, what, what am I saying? You know, sometimes you, you go and you, you, you get a, a meeting, a preaching engagement, and it's, it's, at a, it's at a prison, small group. It's your, it's your testing ground. But do you realize, I mean, I, people ask me, you know, you know, you preach pretty good, Charlie. Where'd you learn to preach? Well, it wasn't in the pulpits. It was at Teen Challenge with 131 live-in guys on Tuesday afternoons that I went year after year week after week, and I preached to 131 guys every Tuesday. I honed my skill set. I can remember coming out of that and just sitting in my car and going, God, I've never saw that before, and then, then get in my Bible to prove what I said. So who's teaching who here? You realize all of a sudden that you carry the gift of the teacher, and the teacher was teaching while you thought you were preaching. And, and the anointing is there. And it, but so, so, so you come out of the, the, the hidden Galilean village with a victorious revelation. And I'm telling you, it's stepping stones. If you're faithful here in the prison ministry, if you're faithful here in Teen Challenge Ministry, if you're faithful here in the... Listen, the, revelate, the victorious revelator, revelator will download who you are and where you've come from. And when the dove comes, you will be pliable to give the dove what it needs to remain. Or you can have pigeon religion and need to be, you know, dunked every couple of weeks. That was good. Say amen. At the same time, a voice spoke from heaven saying, you are my son, my cherished one, and my great delight in you. Immediately after this, he was compelled by the Holy Spirit to go into the uninhabited desert region. 
He remained there in the wilderness for 40 days. That hit me this morning when I realized that God's called me to a pretty long fast. And you know what? In that 40 days, the enemy tested him. He tested the enemy, and he came out with power. See, everybody wants resurrection power, but they don't want to go through the process to get it. And I'm not, I'm not saying you have to fast. Trust me, if I could get out of it, I would. But it says, he remained there in the wilderness for 40 days, and during the ordeals of Satan's test, he encountered wild animals, but also angels. I caught that this morning. Listen, if God's going to push you into a coronavirus quarantine, he's, there's going to be some animals there. It might be your spouse. It might be your children. It might be this new homeschooling curriculum that you're having to. It says that there were some animals in this wilderness. Can I relate? Can I get somebody? But I'm telling you, if it's just animals, you're in trouble. Because you're going to have to look for some angels. <laughs> and listen, it's up to you on which one you focus on, the animal or the angel. Because he didn't send you into the wilderness to destroy you. He sent you for you to pass a test so he can give you more. He wants you to come out of this with a certificate of certification that he can trust you with more power. He can trust you with more influence. He can trust you with more love. That's, the, that's what the, the goal is. But if you're just looking at the animals and you don't find the angels, you're in trouble. But it says, but also angels who appeared and ministered to his needs. You're going to have to ask the angel of the Lord that when he comes, would you want to choke the animal out of one of your kids or choke the animal out of your other people? You're like, oh, Jesus, help me. I won't name names, but help me, help me, Jesus. <laughs> I need ministering to. I have triggers. I have this, and I want you to remove it out of my life. Here's what it says in 14. Later on, after John the baptizer was arrested, Jesus went back into the region of Galilee and preached a wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. A wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. Listen, that, that, that word that, um, breaks down for hopeful gospel. It wasn't just a good news, but it was a good news with hope. There, there's a difference here, and I'm, I don't have time to break that scripture down. <clears throat> his message was this. At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. How many believe that we're in a, we're in a crossing season? We're going from one epic season to another. I, I, I believe God has made some mandates, and he's been playing with his bo the body of Christ going, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. Because when you, when you know God's coming, you'll get ready real quick. It's called, yes, Lord. It, some of us will see him and be prepared. Some of us will go, holy moly, he just showed up. Yes, Lord. Ready or not, here I come. Ha. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in his fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. Not just the good news, but good news with a hope that what he's promised you, he'll take you to, he'll take you through. 
As Jesus is walking along the shore of Lake Galilee, he noticed two brothers fishing, Simon and Andrew. He watched them as they were casting their nets into the sea and said to them, follow me and I will transform you into men that, that catch people instead of fish. Immediately, they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Can you imagine the anointing that must have been resting on Jesus to have two businessmen walk away from their career and follow him? It didn't say he prophesied to them. He didn't say, I gave them this word of knowledge that let them know that God had sent me. He made a request, and they obeyed it. Nah. I can't get my cats to say hi right. You know, and he's got people following him. Get a dog. That's the animal. <laughs> I need more angels. Immediately, they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Walking a little further, listen, Jesus found two other brothers sitting in a boat, along with their father, mending their nets. Their names was Jacob, James, James, J James is actually in some of the translation. Jacob and John and their father, Zebedee. Jesus immediately walked up to them, invited the two brothers to become his followers. At once, Jacob and John dropped their nets, stood up, left their father in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Left their father. Do you know why they could leave their father? <clears throat> the name uh, Zebedee, is, uh, means my gift. His name means my gift. There's a sovereignty, the sovereign thing that goes on that when a, a father has, has a name, my gift, what was his gift to the Lord? His two sons. Here's my gift. I have servants to work this, but the father of heaven has anointed the son and has need of my sons. How many of us want to take on the name of my gift? My, what, is my, what is your gift to the Lord? What is your gift? I saw that, Ron. People stunned by Jesus' teaching when Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum and he immediately started teaching on the Sabbath day in the synagogue, the people were at all struck and overwhelmed by his teaching because he taught in a way that demonstrated God's authority. Um, Capernaum broke down to its meaning is the village of comfort. <clears throat> the, 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 the gospel of, has been preached in the village of comfort so long that we don't want to move out of the church. We don't want to get involved with our neighbors. We won't, don't want to feed the poor. We don't want to go to the prisons. And I'm telling you, um, this uh, quarantine has pushed us out of coming and nestling on the breast of the, of the bride. You know, we've been with mama too long in the church and only got nourishment because we're, we're, we, we don't want to get to meat. When you get to meat, you go feed others. But when you've lived in the village of comfort, you'll stay there. The people were awestruck and overwhelmed by his teachings. 
awestruck and overwhelmed. That's that's huge. Um, that that they they saw something that Jesus had authority. He had passion. He had compassion, and he had authority. Um. Verse twenty six. Uh, in, in between this, this two verses, this, he's preaching in a synagogue, and this demonized man starts manifesting, and Jesus just tells him, "Be quiet!" He casts this demon out. He falls on the ground, shaking. The man's body shook violently in spasms, and the demon hurled him to the floor until it finally came out of him with a deafening shriek. The crowd was awestruck. And unable to stop saying among themselves, what is this new teaching that comes with authority? I'm, I'm hoping and praying that the body of Christ, especially, you know, this church, I'm responsible to, to lay the groundwork, that we come out of this, this quarantine time, we come out of this isolation time with authority to where people are wanting to know where we've got our authority from. Because I'm telling you, if you if if you got your authority from going to church every Sunday, you didn't have it because you ain't been here. You better get your authority from spending time with him. And I believe that that's the season we're in. I gave a word at the beginning of 2020 that that the Lord, the multi-breasted one, the anointing of the multi-breasted one was going to bring nourishment and nurture his children in the first part of the year. But the second part of the year, we would walk with purpose. We would know our purpose, power, and purity. And the media would report the church is found as, I, I prophesied that. I laid that out at the beginning of the year. I, I'm, I'm reading the other day, and I'm like, I, I said that. Oh, I should have read that. I so what's he doing in this first part of the year? He separates you. <clears throat> to feed you, to nourish you, to, to um, bring you to a place of maturity. I'm telling you, victim mentality is not going to work in the next season. You better know who you are. It is time to get off the nipple and get into the meat and find out that, that God's nourishing you. Quit coming to church to get nourished. Be nourished, and when we come together, it'll be a, a report card of what God did, the miraculous works of the Lord. <clears throat> That's what I think about it. Mm. So the reports about Jesus spread like wildfire throughout every community in the region of Galilee. Now, as soon as they left the meeting, they went straight to Simon and Andrew's, uh, Andrew's house, Along with Jacob and John, Simon's mother-in-law was bedridden, sick with a high fever. So the first thing they did was to tell Jesus about her. He walked up to her, gently took her hand, and raised her up. Why? Wow, he wanted a sandwich. Her fever disappeared as she began to serve them. Later in the day, just as the Sabbath ended at sunset, the people kept bringing to Jesus all who were sick tormented by demons until the whole village was crowded among the house. Now listen, Jesus cured many who were sick. Do you know the Greek word for that word right there also translates evil? With various diseases and cast out many demons, <clears throat> but he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew 
who he really was. Why will he not let a demon speak? Because he wants us to tell people who he is, not demons. He doesn't want a demon telling everybody, oh, you're the son of God. You're the, you're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You come to torment us for time. Shut up. That's not your place to reveal me. That's our place to reveal him. And we haven't been doing a good job of revealing when the demons can out-reveal us. Mm-mm. The next morning, Jesus got up along, long before daylight, left the house while it was dark, and made his way to a secluded place to give himself to prayer. Later, Simon and his friends searched for him, and when they finally tracked him down, they told him, everyone is looking for you. They want you. Jesus replied, we have to go on to the surrounding villages so that I can give my message to the people here, for this is my mission. So he went throughout the region of Galilee, preaching to the, in the Jewish synagogues and casting out demons. On one occasion, a leper came, threw himself in front of Jesus, pleading for his healing, saying, you have the power to heal me right now if only you really want to. If only you really want to. Being deeply moved with tender compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. Now, I want to break this out. The Greek manuscripts, Jesus was moved with anger at the leprosy on the man. However, the Aramaic is clearly moved with compassion The two words for anger and compassion are written almost identically. Perhaps both are correct. Jesus was deeply moved with compassion toward the man and angry at the disease. You know what? Anger and compassion are twin sisters, baby. It depends on what, where you're focusing your anger and where you're focusing your compassion. I believe if we can get that right, we will start seeing the lepers come and give us the option. I know you can, because I've seen your demonstration, but will you? Are you angry enough about the demonic condition I'm in to release your compassion and power that I know you have? There's a little different twist there, isn't it? Are you angry enough of what the devil has brought me into bondage with this sickness and disease to have compassion to release the power that I know you have? Listen, when the body of Christ starts walking in that kind of power and authority, the world will help us figure out if it's anger or compassion. They'll find out if we're angry at them and blame them for their leprosy. See, anytime the devil can convict, convince you that the person is the problem and not the devil, you've already lost. But once you get angry at the devil and not the person, compassion comes in to do the work of the ministry. I'm done. 
Listen, I believe that this we are in a transition right now. We're either going to go back and put some fuzzy butts in the seats and do it the way we did it before, and we will be disgaced. We will have a, a distaste in our mouth. We will have a distaste. It, it's it's like preparing for um, a, a, a marathon race and quitting a mile before the end. You, it will be a disgrace to quit a mile before the end. The Lord has put us in this position. The Lord has put us here to find out, are you angry at what the devil's been allowed to do, and do you have enough compassion to do something about it? And that starts with you individually. Are you angry for the situation that the devil has been allowed to do, whether it was your fault, your mama's fault, your granddaddy's fault, your 10 generations of sinful fault? Are you angry that the devil has done what he's done to you and put you in this condition? Enough to find out what the compassion of God can do and remove that out of you personally, your marriage, your children. I really think it's time to get angry and slap the right person. Thing, not person. Sometimes it may be a person, but you know what I mean. Be angry at the correct thing and be compassionate at the correct thing. Does that make sense? But I believe that, but, but here's the problem. We've lost our passions. We drive down the road with some guy with a repent for your sins of the world, and we mock them. We've made fun of them. They're going to be the next John the Baptist that are going to have honey and revelation. And they're going to be the Pied Piper, and people are going to collect with them on the street because they are approachable, because they don't wear their fine robes. They don't, won't be judged. They'll just get set free. Don't be a Pharisee or a Sadducee. But that's the bottom line. Pastor Rodney, uh, Elder Rodney, would you come and close us out? Is it on? Well, yeah. I've got a question to go along with your message. So you said the multi-breasted one, the time frame coming out of it, we'd be new. So what is it? There's three women here. When you're done breastfeeding, what do you do to the baby? You... Wean it. So did you, I'm put you on the spot. Did any of you breastfeed? Okay. How did you know it was time? When you started biting. That is a real. That is a real reason. So when the church doesn't, when the church starts biting, when they quit suck, suckling and start biting. Right. And then there's and then and is it a process where you just turn it off and you stop, or do you take time and you got to give them something for a while and yada yada yada. A little bit at a time. So we're in that. That's where being, I, I believe we're, we're being, being weaned right we're now. Being weaned. That's a good I, word. I believe the, the, the part that you said about the nourishment happened before this, or maybe the, even into the beginning of the quarantine. Yeah. But as we come out of this, that's we're being weaned. And when, yeah. we're, when this is over, the weaning's done. Yeah. You can either get along without it or you can't. Yeah, you either, and so if the baby doesn't wean, mama's got a decision to make, or she can give him a bottle, or he, or her, and 
and and it's not a time it's not a if you had multiple children and you did this you'd probably tell me that it didn't always happen exactly the same time unless you chose for it to so we've got to be ready we have to be willing to be weaned and we have to understand that that's what's happening yeah or we're going to be left trying to drink from something that's no longer going to give us any yeah, milk we're just going to start we'll, we'll just whine about yeah. it we'll just whine about it instead of come to right. maturity and it'll dry up and there will be nothing there to feed us that's a good word so church wow this really is for the church this isn't if you're listening and you are not part of what was happening before this then you can still hear my words but we're being weaned and when you're weaned you move on to cereal. You've already started eating some cereal, but then you move on to some meat so and some vegetables. So you should be moving on. If you're not, you really won't be stuck in the last season. You'll just be stuck. So move on. We can't go back to what was. Not if we move forward with God. What was really won't 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 be there it'll be dried up so lord i pray that the church will hear this message and that they will understand it and that they will receive it and that they will move for and and me too that we will move forward in it and that we will hear your voice in jesus name amen thank you for tuning into today's message from identity church to know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.